0: Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Hard to believe we are three weeks into the new year, only 49 weeks to go, but I'll tell you it's been good so far. This is Doug Bassler.
1: And this is Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the World. And Doug, you are a fan, just like I am, of twos. So it's 122 2022 It's so got a lot of twos going on today. Today uh, is
0: my oldest daughter's birthday, brother.
1: Alicia and, and yes, yeah, yeah, yes, okay. She is
0: no, I can't even say the words. She is 39
1: today, brother. A real 39? Like Three not a fake 39?
0: 39. <laughs> so you like, were how in the, the world now, her, right? please, please. Come on. <laughs> Jesus, don't let her listen to this broadcast because she's not gonna want me to tell anybody, you know. But I just you just this 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 shaking that next year I will have a 40-year-old child. It, it sort of takes the, 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 the blossom off of my vision of youthfulness that I think I have. But
1: I'm just yeah, but saying, vision, but, you know, this There's been a study. I will say this quickly. We've talked about it before. Um, they've asked men, generally men in general, um, of all ages, but typically older, 80-year-olds, uh, 70-year-olds, 80-year-olds, and they ask them how old they feel. And typically, they're, say, 40. You know, it's like this, our mental age, we think we're younger. We think we can do things that we can't do anymore, shouldn't be doing anymore. But it's normal for men to feel that way or to think that how, way. How old, do you, how old do you feel, brother? Uh, it depends on which day it is, but I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mentally, I feel like I'm in my honest, 30s, brother. Yeah. Yes. And I, I'm going to say in my late 20s because I still like to jump on that dirt bike and crank that throttle and jump the logs and climb the hills. And, you know, and I recognize that. Thank God for these modern bikes, right? Because they they do a lot of the work, but you still got to have the guts to get on that sucker and crank that throttle. And you know, and I'm very, I'm very, I probably wouldn't feel like that if I had to still kickstart it. You know, you need right. a button and right. it starts and things like that.
1: Yeah, he hand uh, uh, warmers, you now, don't you, on your
0: bike? So I, I do, but I, eh, you know, you don't use them much. You use it if you know, if it's super, super cold or whatever. I actually, we on our adventure ride. Uh, not last year, but the year before, when I first put them on, we hit snow at the top of this mountain, and I was really glad I had them I, I bet it you got were cold up there. Uh, but you know, um, so I have a question you know, about that's the that. trick, right? You stay, right. you know. My my dad you... told me when he retired and he is in his mid 80s and still doing well. Mm-hmm. He said, Son, the rocking chair will kill you. So exactly I right. think that you yeah. stay alive by staying alive. Right. Now this is a
1: Christian station. My dad always sure. talks a different way. He says, you're only as old as a woman you feel, which is he has a younger wife, which is not the same thing, right? Oh, my uh, gosh. So, so, the question to you, brother, is it perspective? Your perspective changes, or do you get more wise? I'm sure you've had this moment. Oh, I remember yeah. going back 20 years after high school, where we used to jump off this rock all the time into the water, about 100 foot. Went back, I'm like, oh, no big deal. We used to do it all the time. We walked up there, and we went, no, nah, I'm not going to do it anymore. It's either the the mortality we're aware of our own death, or we're not not as dumb anymore. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, as I have now passed the sixty threshold, and um, you know, now you realize, hey, I probably have left. <laughs> no, I definitely have less years left than I've had, and and so I think that gives me a perspective about making the time that I have count, right? I never intend to retire and Mm -hmm. I always want to do whatever God wants me to do. And I want to do a good job. And, um, and so it actually, as I've gotten older, I've become more energized and more focused on accomplishing what God wants me to accomplish on this planet. You know, I gotta do, I gotta do that. And, uh, you know, I was reading in the Bible this morning about, uh, you know these five virgins and that were foolish and five that were wise and this steward that he left in charge and he thought my master's delaying is coming and he starts to do stupid stuff drinking with the drunkards and beating people mm-hmm. and not, not doing good and the other one was the parable of the talents where he gives this one dude ten this other dude five and this other dude one and the five and the and the and the ten guy double it and the one guy buries it and doesn't do anything with it. And you just, so, you know, i looked at, I'm looking at all that and I'm like, yeah, I want to be, you know, I don't know if I got five or I got 10, but whatever I got, I'm doubling it. And, and whatever I'm doing, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be surprised. You know, my good friend Kevin that passed away in October, you know, mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. for God up to the end. Right. And, mm-hmm. that, and it's like, you know, you, there's so many people you've seen you fall, they fall short, whatever. I don't want to be that dude. <laughs> I remember, Years ago, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I was like, Lord, I'm looking around. I'm like, everybody gets started, but it doesn't seem like a lot of people finish. I want to end well. I want to end well. It's not not he who starts the race. It's he who finishes the race. So, at any rate, um, that's my perspective with age, brother. No,
1: I I love it. That was well said. I know we have a guest here shortly as well, but uh, I got to tell you. Just last weekend, I was down in Clark County. There's something happening down in Clark County, politically and spiritually and church-wise. I was in a massive tent. This church is growing faster than they can keep up, so you're used to these tents. The message was around the fact that we have a lot of passion to start, but we don't have the, the discipline to finish, right? And the conversation afterwards with a bunch of political people, I won't mention who they are right now, that you would love, we're all saying the exact same thing. The virgins, the 10 virgins, the five of them that ran out of oil and the five that were prepared. The, the almost word for word what you just said, brother. So I think hey, it's so you're on to something here, brother. Yeah. If you
0: need <laughs> a break, take a break. But then mm-hmm. get up and keep going. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going somewhere. And you know what? I believe that Washington State's going to be saved. I believe that we're going to take this. I told you about that time. It was about a couple of years ago. It was during the lockdowns. I took my motorcycle. I was up in the Cascades. I spent the night up there uh, with a friend, and, um, uh, and I had to get up early to come down off this mountain, and I'm looking at Mount Rainier and the Cascades and all this stuff, and I said, you know, this is my state. They can't have it, and I felt like God was pleased with that. Like He's like, yes, fight for this. Don't just give all of this resources, beauty, and all the advantages of Washington to the left. Forget that. I'm not giving it to the devil. Um, What does it say? He could pry it from my cold dead hands, except I ain't dying. That's
1: right. right. (laughs) I'm going to call you Doug, a.k.a. Moses Bastler from now on. Off the the mountain, mountain, baby. (laughs) Yeah,
0: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I just tell you, there's just, I love the outdoors. I love to be outside and there's just no place like Washington State. I'm sorry. It's the best. It's number one. And I've been, I was born here. Of course, I was born in Spokane. I've you know lived in Clark County for a number of years as well, mm-hmm. and been up here now in the Seattle area for 20 years. I love the state. It's my state. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my country, and so, uh, we're gonna go for it. And so I want to go ahead and introduce our guest. Uh, oh. He's he's actually really excited about an event that's coming up in March, and uh, I'm gonna let him talk about it. But he really really wants to make sure that our Eastern Washington friends, patriots, uh know about this event and that they make the time and come over here and and be part of it. His his name is Matt Marshall. He is uh currently uh an elected he's an elected guy he's uh he's serving with the Pierce County Republican Party and he's uh one of the founding members of Washington 3%. So Matt, welcome to the program. How are you, sir?
2: Doing great, Doug. Thanks for having me.
0: So this you're you uh <laughs> you uh, tend to be the guy sometimes the other side loves to hate. Why is that, Matt? You're such a nice guy. Why would they not like you, bro?
2: Uh, I might not be the most filtered. <laughs> <audible>. <laughs> Welcome to my
0: world. Right. If, Mar- if Marty would tell you that. But no, you I- you, you have been. Uh, okay, so let's let's talk. First of all, I want to just let's introduce the event that's coming up on March 5th, that's a Saturday, at it's at the Capitol in Olympia. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, so we're having uh, an event that's called GRIT. Um, it's an acronym, but it's also a, a, uh, a word that, that draws a lot of meaning from deep down for me as well. So the acronym we're going with is uh, Government Resistance Impedes Tyranny. And we're going with that because we're sitting very close to two full years of lockdowns here in Washington state. We have been opposing them in every way we know how. We've been writing to our legislators. We've been protesting. We've had a few very, very large protests. And we've watched a continual slow creep of of these tyrannical uh, authoritarian dictates be pushed out upon the people of Washington. And it really has not been following the science that's been out there uh, as they've been claiming, you know, we're following the science. Well, no, you're really not. And that's coming from somebody with multiple science degrees. But in general, we feel defeated. We feel like our elected voices have been completely cut out of the discussion as to what's happening to us. And the title grit comes from the, the whole idea that we've been out there. We've been fighting. We've been doing what we know how to do. We've been doing everything that that people have taught us is the way that we we make change in our system and nobody's listening to us. And we've been knocked down. And we know that we're, we're probably gonna be knocked down, but from the ground, we pick ourselves up, we stand up, we use our voice, we take the step forward to tell this state, this governor, that we are no longer going to accept this one party, one person rule. We're going to push forward. And we know that it's probably gonna fall on deaf ears. But that's okay, because our cause is righteous. Our cause is about freedom. Our mm-hmm. cause is about liberty, and we want to tell everybody that we're not just going to go away. Now I love yeah, that. You know, one of my
0: we, one of my favorite movies is True Grit, and, and and it's funny because I mean I like the John Wayne one, but I really liked the Jeff Bridges one too. I mean, like that that the girl is like. I want to, I want you because I heard you have true grit, <laughs> you know, and you're like, that is cool. And so what you're cool. saying is knock down, you know, that's kind of biblical too, right? Knock down, but not, we get back up, not, you right. know, dragged down, persecuted, but not destroyed. You know, we're, we're those people that we're going to keep going. And I'll tell you what, according to my reading of scripture, it's those people that eventually win.
1: Mhm. It's getting knocked down seven times and getting back up eight, right? The idea is you keep on getting back up. You can't be beaten uh, no matter what. Uh, you made a comment that they're not following the science. Of course, the joke is, or tongue-in-cheek is, they're following a science. It's called political science, but we know that's, that's the case. It's about political power and control. And we continue to cede, we have been in the past, the state conceding more and more of our liberties that we'll <laughs> never get back unless we defend them right now. And so to also to your point, we've seen a lot of really good rallies. A lot of good friends of ours led these rallies, including I've been to several years. And our friend Tyler over there has done some great rallies as well. Matthew as well, well, Glenn and Jim Walls. We know that great speakers, people are frustrated. And Doug and I are seeing people that have never been involved before stepping out, wanting to get engaged, wanting some instruction. And so you said it may fall on deaf ears, but it's that continual pushing right? It's like this, the next one, the next one uh, until the wall falls down. Almost, almost like a Jericho reference, right? Well, uh, this is about encouraging others to stand up, but also equipping them. This is what we're doing. The thing that the day-to-day stuff like calling and emailing and showing up makes a difference. It's, it's a time where, where we're going to get enough of this going on where they'll start receding. And we're starting to see a little bit of that, um, nationwide and statewide, when you, even the news this this week about Starbucks. So, well, since they'd stayed the order for OSHA, we're not going to enforce our our vaccine mandate on our employees. That's probably you know, more Starbucks economic.
0: probably doesn't want but, their employees to quit.
1: <laughs> right, right. But it's an economic thing, right? But There's, that's what our pushing back gets to, whether it be boycotting or whether it be uh, saying, no, you won't do this. Uh, we're at a point now where a lot of people, a lot of our brothers and sisters, people in Washington State have lost their job, have been fired you know, for standing their ground. And part of this is standing, hey, you've taken, taken the stand, we're gonna keep on standing for you as well. Don't you think, Matt?
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I've heard from every event I've done is we have tons of support and they've been historically afraid, um, whether they're government jobs or other jobs, they've been afraid to come out and be seen at an event like this. That's been a historic problem. A lot of those people stood on their convictions regarding vaccine mandates and other issues uh, and they've lost their jobs. And they're ready to get out there. And now they're energized. And these people that may have been on the bench, but, but were convicted and felt called to our, our movement, our, our message are now actually coming out there and they're physically joining us. And it's been, it's been uh, a blessing to watch happen. I
1: now, will say I person- this for the, just a for the event, since you and I have been to a bunch of them, Matt and I, and, and Doug and I have it as well. These are fun. But if anybody's thinking about coming, these are a blast. People that love America, some it's a great party. signs. They're safe. It is a party, but it's you find people that are like you and you find that there's more of us than there are of them that aren't afraid. And people that come there timid, don't be. It's fantastic. And so go from there, Matt. Come
0: early, find parking. Yes. You're going to oh. have to walk. You know, the thing that I've, been most impressed with on this, Matt, is your ability to draw together all the various groups. I literally am seeing every single Patriot group in Washington State that I'm personally aware of and a bunch that I'm not aware of, haven't been aware of, their part. They've said, we're going to come and we're going to be part of this. Why is that?
2: Well, the very first part of this is, this is not my event. Um, and a lot of things that you'll see in the activism community is people start to take too much personal ownership of something and it becomes ego driven. And that's where you end up with a whole lot of fragmented small events. So the very first thing I did was, well, I've been relatively quiet, haven't planned an event for over a year now. And I talked to a few friends that have been activists as well, uh, you know, Tyler Miller and Matthew Mm and uh, Glenn, a bunch of people that I spoke to and said, we need to do something. I want to get active what can we do but I want to make it big and what that turned into was we have literally every activist that I know in the state of Washington this is their event this is not my event this is our event this is for the people of Washington and I'm hoping that we can do a lot of healing amongst our own party where there's been a lot of bickering and infighting in the Republican Party over the years there's been a lot of camps I'm hoping that we can use this to bring everybody together that we can concentrate our efforts and focus our voices and make make something historic happen in Olympia on March 5th.
0: I think it's going to be the largest rally uh ever. Uh, honestly, I mean, everybody I'm asking, yep, I'm gonna be there, I'm gonna go. Um, I, I just uh, encourage everybody. That's gonna be March 5th. That's the grit uh event. Do you have a you have a website, right? It's gonna be maybe not quite up yet, but it's gonna be.
2: Yeah. um, I'll have to get, yes, we have a website. It's not live yet. Um, We're trying to get the URL and domain locked down a little better so we don't get hacked. Um, But keep in mind, we've got all this hype that you're talking about. We're still within 96 hours of of announcing that we're going to do this.
0: Yep. And uh, so that's going to be March 5th uh, from noon to three. So it's not, it's, it's just a nice little chunk of your day. You know, we tend to be, you know, the weather seems to be drying out. Should be great. Super excited.
1: And if you need, obviously, from the radio, we're on the air here, but uh, connection to groups that you may not know, which is amazing. I, I, can, I can actually say that, the Matt Marshall wouldn't know somebody. But uh, like I said, there's a uh, big group in Vancouver now that's uh, uh, fantastic, a couple hundred members, one in Lewis County as well, that just Matt I spoke with recently that uh, whatever you need help with, we'll let people know, not on the radio, but just uh, email, text, whatever. Get them out there. It's important.
0: Yeah. So we'll, uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll uh, have some updates, you know, as we move closer to the event and stuff like that, but uh, it's been so exciting to, you know, to see Matt come back. (laughs)
1: It's (laughs) like, he's been,
0: he's been hiding. And uh, Some of you need to
1: recharge your batteries. That's all I'm saying. Or yeah, stay low and, for a while and show up. So,
0: And, and this yeah. is our year. Uh, 2022 is our year. This is the year. A lot of twos thrown around. We know we talk about Isaiah 22, 22, the key of David and stuff like that. And, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in Isaiah 22 about uh, people that are corrupt being removed and being replaced mm-hmm. with people that are not corrupt. And, uh, you know, this uh, now you told me before we went on the air that you had the pleasure of watching the entire Joe Biden press conference, brother. So in, an, yes. in a nutshell, what could you tell us about, about the state of our president?
1: I, I want to save everybody two hours from having to watch this. It was painful. Uh, it was really painful. He kept on um, saying, how long you want me to do this? It's literally, they say it's the seventh in a, in a year. Most of them are done 40 or 50 by now. Uh, I think Trump did 38 or whatever it is by this time in the first year of press conferences. Um, the gist of it is he's done more than any other president in their first year ever in the history of the United States, uh, more good, and I'm like, okay, um, that uh, he doesn't have no idea why his polls are low because he hasn't watched the polls and he's you know, done nothing wrong. And uh, he, had, he entered into the thing that, you know, the previous administration made fall, and then those darn Republicans you know they're really taking away your voting rights by not passing his bills, and so I, that's summarizing basically what he said. But when he was actually called, uh, the Fox reporter asked him, you know, if he's uh, mentally competent, and he got offended. Oh, okay, fine. He got angry, and he said, oh, "Of course I am, right?" And then uh, somebody else because well, the polls say you know, forty-nine percent of Americans think you're not, right? And so how do you respond to that, right? So he got angry, and got combative. Uh, and then went on and, and cut it short at the end. So the last 20 minutes. So literally. I, though, I don't know
0: how you can cut short a two hour. Well, No, no, I know. I know. But,
1: but it was going to go longer, but it was rambling and he lost his train of thought multiple times. It was kind of sad. But the big news story that came out of this was that the White House immediately had to come out with the staff and retract and clarify and clean up all the things he said. And the biggest thing he said was they were asking him about Ukraine. Okay, you, uh, about Russia invading Ukraine and how they're lining up along the border. And they said, what will you do? And he goes, well, we have to judge what, how, what kind of an incursion it was. If it's kind of a minor one, we don't know what we're going to do. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. And they went, what? You know, so basically you invited um, Putin to make the move and see, and then judge based on how big of an incursion it was, what you're going to do. And so he backtracked and said, no, no. Any incursion is a, you know, violation of this. We're going to strong sanctions, you know, um, but it was really sad. Literally the world around the world said, oh, he just told Putin to go do what he wants to do. You know, literally gave him an invitation. It's like, because we didn't want to draw our red lines so we're not going to evaluate. Well, that's, that's kind of the Biden and the
0: Democrat presidency is our enemies get to do whatever they want, but our people can't.
1: And then you know. you'll, you'll love this brother. this uh, the other big blunder he said basically was saying that, in in the same sentence, he said that, um, you know, we want to pass these election laws, um, that the ones that the Voters' Rights Act, that basically wants to nationalize all elections. We have all mail-in ballots. So that the um, federal government runs our elections. So we have no fair elections locally. He's saying we have to do that so that you can't overturn an election that was rigged, basically, 2020. And then he goes, oh, but, but I got 80 million votes, the most ever, so... was it rigged and and a bad thing or was there a turnout? That's,
0: that's the thing. And I think we should bring Matt in on this as well, but that's the thing they're saying that the 2020 election was the most fair, most honest election ever. And yet they're so worried about election problems. I mean, Mm -hmm. which is it, is it, is it election problems, Matt, or is it, uh, the bestest, bestest, most fairest election ever?
2: Oh, we have election problems all over. I mean, I was on the on the record. I was interviewed by I think it was Seattle Times back in like end of October. Um, and I was on the record saying that no, our election system sucks. I hate mail-in ballots. I hate how we're doing this in Washington state. And then I gave a story of my teenage daughter. It was her first election, the year at the the primaries it was her first election and her signature didn't match and she found out afterwards that her ballot wasn't even counted in the first time that she ever voted and she was so disappointed that all of this hype this preparation and she's 18 years old and her vote doesn't even count but no i've been on the record saying that our system is broken and i did believe that it, you know i was on the record also saying that we we probably won't be able to over overturn and fix things before this next one is going to go against us But then we're charged with four years to fix it so that we have a secure system that we know the votes are being counted appropriately. And unfortunately, I think the Democrats right now are successfully marching their way into um, further corruption to make sure that they can remain in office and in power uh, indefinitely.
0: Well, your story reminds me of my my dear old mother, you know, um. She's voted Republican her whole life. Now that she's gone and passed on, she seems to be voting Democrat every time. <laughs> I so.
1: knew you are going there. <laughs> so, uh, Doug, it, wouldn't you say that, that this, the, the way the Democrats are dealing with this at a national level, like we want to make sure we secure this way to basically cheat. And they're not saying cheat, they're saying it's for, you know, make sure everybody has the right to vote and so forth. It's the same thing right now where they're saying don't ban CRT or comprehensive sex education. We're not teaching it. It's not there, but don't ban it. You know? So what is it? Is it there? So we don't ban it or it's not there. And so why are we talking? It's, it's like on both sides. So we have good elections or we have bad elections. Which one is it? Well, yes. let's ask, s-
0: let's get Kim Wyman <laughs> on and ask her, you know, because obviously she's a great Republican now working for the Biden administration to secure elections uh, <clears throat> At any rate, so I did read in the in in the news that mm-hmm. a a judge, and I believe it was in uh, Matt Matt knew about this. I think it was Edenville, uh, Florida, overturned an election, and so someone who'd been in office for a couple of years is out, and the guy that uh, actually won uh, without the fraud is in. So uh, I mean, what does that tell us, Matt?
2: Yeah. What, 19 months in, it was initially like the uh, like one party had won by one vote. And then they went back and demanded a recount. The other party ended up winning by two votes. Anyway, they did a forensic audit of these extra votes. They brought them in. They looked at everything. And it turns out that one guy was forced to vote by the other, the guy that won. And the guy that won was also like the landlord or something of the person that was forced to vote. And then the other person just said, "I never voted," and so the judge threw out these two ballots 19 months after the election, and then pulled the guy out of office and installed the other one.
1: Wow! So the that's, it is possible though. That's good. Yeah, yeah, it, that's that's that was what I
0: got out of it. It's like you know, well, you know, it's uh, I I saw a a Fox News poll this week that said that um, <clears throat> most Americans do not want Donald Trump back to run again. And I'm thinking that's a fake poll because mm-hmm. I saw the rally down in, in Arizona last week. I watched, I watched Trump's speech like three times. I'm like, there was like a million people there. And you know, if people don't want him, why are they going to his rallies and, and begging him to run and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I mean, so, um, I
1: don't that doesn't know. Happen, that happens to you, doesn't it? All the time. They come up to you Brother, and have the you rallies. you can't and... believe
0: it. You can't. I know, it's, right? It's amazing. I get I mean, like three, four, five people. It's well, amazing, I know
1: <laughs> Well, I know Matt gets more than both of us to combine. So, but so I have a question for both of you. Uh, the, the, I think the biggest news story that happened this week and it happened on Wednesday, I believe it was, uh, is Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister for the United Kingdom. Um, you know, he was under a lot of criticism for criticism for having a party during all the mandates and whatever, right? Do as I say, not as I do and so forth. Well, came out and said, look, we're, we're rolling back. No more mask mandates, no more COVID mandates, no more employer mandates. We're going to trust the British citizens to make their own decisions. What a novel concept from a country that, you know, it's like, uh, okay, is this temporary? Is this politically expedient? Or do they exhaust everything and things aren't working? So they say, they're going back to, hey, people, this is the flu. Just deal with it. And, uh, you know, we li- live alive because they've given up a lot. We've seen just the opposite in Australia. What do you guys think?
2: Well, I guess I'll jump on that one. I think that somebody's actually looking at the science. Um, yeah. We've got, they've got what they call a vaccine that's been, you know, pushed on greater than 60% of the population across the world. Um, definitely more than that in the, in the United States. Uh, we have surging new variants uh, and we have more variants on the horizon. Uh, they've been... You know, a variety of virulence, which is you know, they're more or less dangerous, we don't really know. Um, but right now we're, we're finding that natural immunity is actually potentially better. That's the actual science of the thing. And it's been two years, the lockdowns and masks and vaccine that they've been pushing and everything else has not been working. So at some point, somebody following the science needs to go, we no longer have a pandemic with coronavirus. We now have a novel virus that came out at the end of 2019 that is endemic in the world. And we have to learn to live with this from a scientist. And and it's not,
0: Omicron is not, it's more uh, transmissible, but not anywhere near as severe, right? It's more like a bad cold or flu or something like that. And uh, so I'm really, you know, my hope is because, you know, England, Britain, is, you know, the former star head of the, you know, the British Empire, uh, that maybe uh, Australia will get cut loose because they've really been under the boot uh, over there. You know, ever Literally. since they gave up their guns.
1: With COVID camps <laughs> and exactly right. Uh, it's a question, though, tie this together for our listeners. that They know this. Many of them watch the news and see it. But the news stories last two weeks, uh, you see the reversal Starbucks, you see United Kingdom saying are enough. You see some countries going down. We see Washington trying to get more strict. You see um, blue states getting more strict, red states saying, hey, why? Let people be their selves. And yet you have this news story that the Congress as a whole beat the stock market. Their investments did better than the stock market, which is unheard of. First of all, they have made millions. The pharmaceutical companies have made trillions over this deal. And you have to go, how is people like Nancy Pelosi and those in Congress, even some Republicans too, how are they beating the market when they're supposed to be representing us in Congress? And uh, then you th- see, well, okay, there's a political science thing. As Matt was saying, the science doesn't line up with it. So I think they're playing Jeopardy or playing finances and politics with our health, which really ticks me off as an American citizen here, um, and I don't care if, if they invest and do wisely and that kind of stuff and have great advisors. But when you have the whole Congress uh, have a news story that they beat the market, they're beating stockbrokers, they're beating investment firms that do this in, for a living. It's insider
0: trading, man. It's, it's what it is. And, you know, I'm hoping to take part in that. Yeah. Uh, I get,
1: no, I'm just kidding. I mean,
0: obviously, that, that's got to end. That absolutely yeah. has to end. You know, the, the, the Congress has a good salary. We need to cut that too. And let's make this a volunteer job. Let's make this a, a job for people that are patriots, not people that go to get rich off the on the back of the, the American taxpayer. So, um, you know, this has been February 29th, 2020 was when this emergency proclamation was made. And when and you and I, Marty, we talked about this on the radio mm-hmm. when these emergency powers were voted in and we said, no, that's too much. There's not there's in every, oh it's just in case of earthquake or tornado or or tsunami or, you know, whatever. No, it's for a five micron virus. Right. And and um, so, you know, that's something that's got it. That's got it. That's got to change. And I think we're going to see a huge uh, surge for the, the 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 loyal opposition, if you will. But um, but we do have a problem with election integrity in Washington State. And so mm-hmm. we're going to, have to take care of that as well. So, Matt, over to you.
2: Well, I was going to run back on the on the uh, insider tra- trading things. That, mm-hmm. um, I just want to say that I'm sure that these are all perfectly honest representatives that can serve a two-year term at $174,000 a year and at the end of their first term uh, be a multimillionaire and nothing nefarious is going on. <laughs> that is... That is basic math and anything else you are just um, not being equitable in your counseling from
0: They just do it 30 pieces of silver at a time.
1: <laughs> oh man. It, it, it just, it, when the, statistically, when things don't make sense, people have scratch their head, okay, this doesn't make sense. Uh, it doesn't happen. You know, we know it from elections where the numbers switch over in the middle of the night, doesn't make sense. We don't like big anomalies like that. We don't see whole swaths of the entire Congress doing better than the market. It just doesn't happen. And yet it does. So we're living in this alternate reality where literally you see the um, ruling class, as you will, uh, the whole socialist m- mantra, and then the peons that where everybody has to be the same. And so I asked a question. I had an interview with another um, person running for Congress just the other day. And I asked this question, Doug, this is for you and for Matt. When, during the Trump administration, when they allowed the pharmaceutical companies not to be liable for any uh, damages for the the vaccine, I think it's a huge mistake. Yeah, and so now you have people profiteering uh, that are in elected office through the the pharmacies, through the uh, pharmaceutical companies and so forth. In Congress, when you take the majority the Republicans, a conservative, whatever, you've got to restore the, the rights for citizens who are harmed, who lost their job, who were fired based on these uh, unconstitutional mandates to have some kind of recompense, some kind of um, payback, be able to sue these pharmaceutical companies. Because there's been all kinds of complications, kids with swollen hearts and so forth. That's got to be overturned. Can it be through legislation, Doug? Absolutely. Uh, you're referring to um... –
0: an act that was enacted in 1986, actually, that severely limited um, vaccination liability. And of course that was enacted in order to uh, create a shield so that they would try things. Right. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. But, but when you, um, know that something's wrong, uh, then that, I think that shield of liability should go away. And it's kind of like the, um, uh, The qualified immunity that police officers have, right? A a police officer has, has a certain amount of immunity from uh, just people just randomly suing them for things. But if they knowingly violate your civil rights, Mm -hmm. uh, then they lose their qualified immunity and you can go after them as a, Mm -hmm. as a person. And so I think, I think we just need to modify that because we do, we do want our pharmaceutical companies to make things that help us, but if they knowingly are hurting us, then we should be able to go get them. And, you know, and we have a, we have a real problem because not only are our Congress people and our senators and uh, governors and whatever receiving huge subsidies from Pfizer and others, the media is also. And so that's why the media is saying, oh, vaccines are great or whatever. And you have these uh, the situations where, um, you know, the CDC's own website tells us that over 10,000 People have died as a direct Mm -hmm. result of this vaccine. So that's from the CDC's own website. If that's true, and it is, uh, and a lot of people are saying that's a way too low of a number because it's Mm underreported, then it's the worst vaccine disaster we've ever had in the history of America, including Mm -hmm. the polio stuff and everything else. And so it's just like all we care about is the truth. You know, give us a, you know, that was the thing from the Nuremberg Code, right? We would, you know, it's why when you watch a, a, a commercial about Glocentric or whatever, right? They always say, if you do this, you got to blah, 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 blah. You might, you might bleed, you might die, you might, you know, have right. a brain aneurysm, whatever. And it tells you that because then they, then they can say, well, we warned you, you know, when that mm-hmm. happens. And then they, that, but it also gives you that, that informed consent. Mm-hmm. Great, Matt?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to jump in here first with a a slightly unpopular uh, opinion, mainly because I do have a medical license here in the state of Washington, and the crown has been known to be taking people's medical licenses if the crown deems that vaccine uh, misinformation is being spread. So on that note, if it pleases thy crown, I would like to give a potential uh, alternate explanation of the facts. Um, So... First thing, uh, the heart inflammation, yes, absolutely, the vaccine is causing that. Coronavirus causes that too. That is the Mm -hmm. number one cause of coronaviruses and colds. uh, One of the major life-threatening potential side effects that kids get, young adolescents get, is pericarditis and myocarditis. Mm -hmm. I, I used to see it all the time in family practice. It's something, it's usually transient, but at the end of the day, you look at, these kids aren't getting sick from coronavirus, and we're forcing them to get a vaccine, and now they're getting this, so it takes us back to... numbers that we use in science called the number needed to treat and then you look at the number of harm that it's causing and this doesn't pass the muster especially pushing it on our children Mm -hmm. Uh, and and so that's just basic science this state has come and the country has completely ignored natural immunity and today the cdc came out with a report and the cdc is finally saying that oh well you know, this vaccine is only covering like four or five percent uh, less infection rate. And people mm-hmm. that had any strain of coronavirus are seeing a 30% reduction in infection or 30 times not 30 percent, 30 times reduction in infections. So we've got lots of bad information, but end of the day, qualified immunity for anybody, for anything, this might be unpopular. I don't I don't believe in qualified immunity. I think that if a person does something, a company does something. They should be liable and have to answer for their actions. and They should not get a free pass regardless.
1: Yeah, uh, 100%. Uh, I agree there. Especially, what are you knowingly or if you did for cutting profits or hiding things? Doug mentioned informed consent. This is one of those things where what we've seen now is uninformed coercion. It's not a consent. You don't have a choice. You are forced to, to keep your job, forced to, to go to school, forced to without your parents knowing about it in many cases. That's not, and then not knowing even of the side effects or the consequences. And to the CDC, when they came out, they actually talked about the reporting numbers have been inflated because they were people that were going to the hospital with other, for other reasons that happened to have COVID. It wasn't COVID only or COVID because it was because they were going to hospital for other comorbidities. And so that's even a lie too. And people hate being lied to. And there's a whole lot of misinformation. And to Doug's point earlier, if they were to say, look, here's the risks. This may help you. We developed this. You, uh, you have a choice. A lot more people would have done it. I tell you. So you a medical,
0: medical person, uh, Matt Marshall, scientifically does a cloth mask made at <laughs> home. Uh, stop you from getting coronavirus.
2: Uh, I am yet to find a mask that will that will actually filter out a coronavirus. So, um, so a
0: cloth mask for sure not.
2: I like mean, the, the lot, ones that, the the ones that our
0: kids are wearing at school, right? That mom made for them.
2: If you want an effective one that really works, my suggestion is go down to the army surplus store. Um, they've got some great mop gear, and just get a bunch of filters. <laughs>
0: Just like the uh, like they're using World War One to keep the mustard gas from getting them that that type of stuff.
2: Yeah, that that one I that one will actually work.
1: Um, yeah, sweet. Uh, I'm gonna get, Matt, I'm to get some of those. You now, Matt, being a medical professional, I heard this the other day, and someone well, the surgeons and medical professionals wear masks all the time, and I go, yeah, I spent 15 years in open heart surgery. We put a mask on so we wouldn't spit in the wound. And then we leave the room, we take a mask off. It wasn't about protecting us. It was about keeping us from putting stuff into the open cavity. Uh, Any comments on that? (laughs) That's
2: absolutely right. Whenever you walked into an operating room, you put on a mask. And it was, uh, I mean, a guy like me, I would wear like a food service beard net net, to make sure I don't have hairs drop in the wound. And then I don't want to cough or exhale into an open wound. When we're doing uh, bigger wound surgeries, we've got full hoods you can wear, um, mm-hmm. however, even those say on them in the literature that they do not protect from coronavirus particles. So
0: yeah, it's an awful small five microns or something like that. I don't know. My tape measure is broken. I haven't measured one lately. So it's, speaking of coercion. Uh, see, I, I love the way Matt said, he didn't say mandate. He said dictate because a mandate comes from a mandator, but a dictate comes from a dictator. And, uh, these are dictates. But, uh, you know, I was uh, recently uh, this week, I I got my first hate call uh, of the uh, the 2022 uh, campaign season. Someone wanted to know about my, quote, misinformation campaign. And I was like, what the heck? And then I got the Google alert later uh, that told me there was an article of where I was mentioned in uh, my Northwest, which is your uh, KTTH Cairo uh, web news service. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people read it. They, they mentioned me by name along with uh, Joe Kent. And um, let's see, who was the other one? Um, now I forget. Uh, but uh, that said that we had amplified this uh, story that the Board of Health was going to have a meeting about getting law enforcement to enforce involuntary quarantines. And, uh, of course, the reporter did not check with me. Uh, I looked at uh, many of the other articles he writes. He definitely does not like Republicans. Um, and um, he, he, any rate, Matt, our, I looked it up. It's a, it's, it's a law that's been on the books for years that the government has that power to involuntarily detain people. Was I making something up, brother, or is this a, is this a real problem?
2: No, so there's a couple of things going on. Uh, one, it was not being looked at to be passed. It has been law or administrative regulation. Forever, for a long time, yeah. 2003 was the last update of it, but it's been on the books since at least
1: 2003. But they were going to modify the WAC to include COVID-19. They,
0: yeah, what they were saying was, we want to know, should we include COVID-19 and we should should we give... And it was... See, the thing that bugs me is I didn't make any of that up. It was in their agenda. It was, mm-hmm. that was what was written. Oh, no, that's not what we meant. That's not what we meant. Look, <laughs> this is the thing. It's just like the emergency power when it was voted in for Inslee, uh, for the governor a few years ago. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, that's uh, that'll never happen. Well, it's happening. And, and there, should be a, there should be a time limit, right? I mean, come on, Really? Critical race
1: theory is not being taught. In a couple
0: of years, in a couple couple of years, in a couple of weeks, it's going to be two years that we've had a governor who tells whose business is essential and whose isn't. This is about the most un-American thing I can think of.
1: I have a question for both of you, and and you touched on it with the Department of Health there. It's the administrative state on the federal level and the state level. We've got these L&I, Department of Health and Human Services, that literally will give the governor more power, give us whatever, but enforce or write rules that have the power of law called the Washington F- WACs, right, or RCWs. And, and these, and then they go out and police them, enforce them against businesses, against people, uh, and they're unelected. They're appointed by political um, powers like governors the last 35 years or 40 years of uh, Democrat governors have filled the administrative state across our our state with these sort of aristocrat type people that have this um, political bent that um, treat us in this wrong way. So literally you have people in, in departments like L&I that get joy out of shutting um, businesses down, fining businesses for standing open. Uh, we've got to change that. I know part of that comes through elections and, and through the legislature, but uh, talk about that, Matt.
2: Yeah. So I mean, just, just the way the laws happen, this is all bureaucracy. This is the mm-hmm. stuff that we all should, should be fighting. This is like tax code, but at the Washington level. Mm-hmm. And the legislator, legislature at some point in our state's history has created these bodies and given them this power. And they're supposed to have legislative oversight. However, the legislature hasn't had oversight over anything for at least two years because we've had a dictator running around waving his pen, telling us mm-hmm. what we will and will not do. Um, which is funny because he, you know, enforced those powers, like you said, four months after we, the state of Washington granted it to him, thinking it was going to be for an earthquake or something like that. But we have these administrative codes that carry the weight of law, and we have very little oversight of them at all. And then we can take it a step further. Let's look at what Chris Reckdahl did with OSPI. Mm-hmm. And... They realized that school boards, like the board that I'm on and some of the ones in eastern Washington, were not going to follow the governor's mandates, his dictates. We were not going to follow these. We were going to do our own thing based on what our constituents wanted, and we were going to take the safety of our children um, into the hands of the parents, the teachers, and and the local community for what they wanted, um, based on real science. And since... This scared the state that people were going to think for themselves. Chris Regdahl went on and he decided to add to the Washington Administrative Code. So we actually have entire sections of the code. One of them that I really don't like is WAC 392-117-080. But that's how they have the enforcement mechanism built in. It was an emergency rule written by Chris Regdahl, um, read, written by Attorney General Bob Ferguson, the most dangerous politician in the state. Um, and what it does is it makes it so that we will lose the funding as schools if we don't follow a proclamation. It's written to the WAC that we'll follow the proclamation, the 2109. So that's mm-hmm. written in this new WAC. It's unpublished. There was no public input because it was a, an emergency rule. And mm-hmm. at a later time, they will, they will have public input. But they're using that to coerce and force the hand of all of us the state that are elected to school boards to enforce vaccine mandates on, on the teachers uh, mask mandates and they wrote into this that if as a school board member we don't do what the governor says they will seek our personal assets as remedy in lawsuits where board members are individually named so they're threatening elected officials to do as he says
1: threatening elected officials that are supposed to be representing parents so parents are a are- Talking to you, say do this, and you say I can't. They're going to sue me personally. They're you know, that's my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's it's the we had this anti-bullying thing forever,
0: and now it's all about bullying, right? And um, you know, let them try. You know, let them try. This is um, this is not going to end well for them, and uh, they've gone too far. And uh, now there's a, a whole host of uh, new gun control uh stuff that's coming up in this session and I know that's a, a subject that's near and dear to your heart Marty and Matt and um, mm. so uh, w- one of them uh, no magazine larger than 12 rounds uh, I'm sure all criminals will follow that one uh, to the letter uh, and then but is isn't there one that's a complete ban on the manufacture sale of semi-automatic rifles have you have you heard that one yeah so this is uh i mean that's a bridge too far right i mean a semi-automatic right so so it's an attack on any rifle that you can that once you cock it the first time it just cocks itself right
2: i mean the second amendment reads pretty clear to me so mm-hmm. i mean they're, they're all um a bridge too far and uh
1: so I will yes, I, I agree on, uh, with Matt. I'm, I'll let you keep on going there but to your point, Doug, these are think about the time they're focusing. Last session, they focused on anti-police bills uh, and they had this adverse consequences where police couldn't follow. when someone left as the scene they couldn't follow after a criminal. So criminal uh, behavior went through, even more increased. We became less safe. Uh, they passed this really bad payroll tax for the long-term health care, and now they're trying to postpone it because it's an election year. Um, we, they've done nothing to rein in the governor's powers, right, over the last two years, and yet they're now they're proposing bills to restrict it in some way only for a campaign year um, photo op, if you will. So they're focusing on this thing. So th- their intention has always been bigger government, less, uh, more restrictions, less liberty, less rights for us. So every time they get a chance, they're passing or trying to pass bills, that takes away more of our liberty and more of our freedoms. And so even just a reduction in the number of of bullets allowed in a clip is a restriction of our Second Amendment rights. And so we can't give them one inch or one one round. One bullet. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Address that,
0: Matt.
2: I very much liked when I read the uh, the magazine bill how it said that to prove that you've owned the magazine you need a photo of you with the magazine before January first 2022. <laughs> so I liked that part of the bill, but I also uh, talking about yeah talking about gun control and, and uh, magazine bans and everything else that they're pushing. We all know that this has nothing to do with public safety. Nope, nothing. they don't care about public safety. If they did they wouldn't be firing all the police officers they'd be looking at you know ways to actually reform uh that that had some sort of measurable outcome that could improve uh, their desired uh change you know there, there, there's a way to get there uh i just laughed because you're bringing this up today i read a tweet seattle police department it's, it reads man injured by crossbow at the 800 block of bellevue uh officers still gathering information at the scene be careful maybe mass shooter crossbow <laughs> crossbow well, in seattle
1: the fact that he was only injured means he's a bad shot but uh crossbow in seattle doesn't matter knives crossbows uh doug's a human weapon right there he's certified oh my right? gosh <laughs>
0: well i don't you know i don't i don't bow hunt but i know those things are pretty deadly too right i mean a bow is like especially his yeah. compound bows man that thing they get that thing cooking
2: Yep. I'm pretty First sure you can order them on Amazon and have them shipped to your house too. So, um
0: I also saw a bill where they were going to ban the uh where you could self-manufacture your own stuff, where you can buy the parts and put your own gun mm-hmm. together, right? Mm-hmm. Cuz people are doing that.
1: 3D printing. Yep. Yep.
0: Well, How and uh but you can buy like the I know that you can buy the various components for an AR and assemble yep. it yourself, right? Mm-hmm. That that's kind of a it's like a kit guns yeah, so they want to lower
1: and upper and everything yep yep yeah, yeah.
0: so they want to start start doing that um so Matt, what's your, what's your,
1: that. sorry
2: i'm just on the record i've never done that yeah me um, either
0: but whatever not like i wouldn't want to try it um marty has marty assembles guns all the time ships oh yeah them, ships oh, them overseas yeah. to the insurgents um the right getting, gun the left getting, gun man come on <laughs> yeah yeah assemble those guns, baby the
1: gun show man come on
0: Is there anything else that you're concerned about in this current legislative session, Mr. Marshall?
1: Uh, Yeah, the
2: paper mile tax.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. huge, huge problem with that. Because that requires surveillance, right? Yeah,
2: they're going to put little chips in our cars so they can monitor the miles we drive. I'm like, okay, so what's the fine when I just say no? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. So on that, uh, go a little deeper, uh, both Matt and Doug, because what happens in this state is they pitch something. The miles drive tax has been around for now. What three sessions? Four sessions. They pitch it. It was rejected. They pitch it again. They keep on bringing it back, thinking you're going to ignore it or it's going to get passed or be more open to it. They get it into the mainstream conversation. That's why everything happens. Doug and I talked about this for years. When we hear about something in California, and then all of a sudden it creeps its way up to Washington a couple of years later. About oh yeah, this is the greatest thing. We're going to legalize prostitution. We can tax it. You know, it's, it's one. This is what we're talking about. So this right here is they will never stop we can defeat it now but we have to defeat it every single year until it goes away otherwise you're going to pass it when we're not looking right matt
2: absolutely and like this year they're going to pass it with uh, as an emergency and mm-hmm. make sure that we can't challenge it we don't get as much public input of any and you can't place a referendum to get a repeal so. I th-
0: I think we could challenge the entire session because a lot of our legislators are being locked out. They're they have limited debate. They're online. They're limiting public input because it's all Zoom and online and all this stuff. I mean, we could. Uh, but the main thing is we've got to get out there and win. You know, we need to get out there and win. It's time. I, I was listening to some speeches by uh, Martin Luther King Jr. and one of the things he said, uh, I, I think it was in the Mountaintop speech, and he said, "It's time for dangerous." Unselfishness. We need to be unselfish. Stop worried about you know. Get up and go. Get up and do something. Get up and work. Doorbell. Give some money. Run for office. Do something. Uh, I love that. uh, Is it uh, James James O'Keefe right? Project Veritas. He says be brave. Do something. Right. And and so there's everybody doesn't have to do the same thing, but we got to do something. And that's why I'm so excited. About this event coming up March 5th, the grit event that that uh, you're helping put together, Matt, that's going to be in Olympia on uh, March 5th, the Saturday from noon to three, because it's all these groups coming together. And it's just not that we all have to do the same thing. It's that we just need to be coordinated. We just need to know each other and stop fighting each other. And let's get our state rights our our state constitution is is better than the federal constitution when it comes to like gun rights and things like that and freedom of speech it's it's stronger and yet we have this dictator uh claiming the emergency well, you know show me the bodies right uh, anyway we got about 30 seconds matt so why don't you wrap it up tell us uh, you know give us some uh, give us a pitch what what should people do as we're as we're going into this year
2: Call your legislators while you can. Get involved in your system. Become a PCO. Run for office, and we'll see you on March fifth for the biggest party the state has ever seen.
0: It's gonna be great. You going? I right, love
1: Marty? that. I, I'm going. It's gonna be you, great. There's
0: no way you're not gonna go. So, uh, by the way, uh, is it still against the rules now to open carry at these events, or what? I mean, are they still doing that too?
2: Um. I would think there's nothing that the governor would love more than start arresting us uh, uh, for showing up open carry. If you have a concealed carry permit, you're good to go, just make sure it's concealed.
0: Yeah, yep. so it is a so that is another, thing. you know, it yep. used to be. Uh, but you know, what we want is we wanna have, let's get together, let's enjoy each other's company, let's have some great speakers, maybe some music, some food, That's all that right. kind of stuff. And it's gonna be great. And so Matt Marshall, uh, has been our guest. Matt is a great guy, a patriot. We got to have you back because I got to ask you a little bit more about the three percent thing because I know that's been a real uh, interesting uh, battle. Uh, yep. Called all kinds of names, everything else. But we we know you're a real patriot. God bless you. Well, this is Doug Bassler
1: and Marty McClendon. Doug and Marty vs. the world. Come out and see us March fifth at the Capitol.